everyone. Welcome to the Imaginal Space podcast. My name is Katherine Perry. And if you're new, welcome. And if you have listened before, welcome back. Welcome to everyone. Today, we are going to be continuing the introduction to Aura Colors series. So for the past couple of weeks, I've been recording and releasing episodes that are centered around my interpretation of the Aura Colors. And Recording them so far has been a lot of fun, and I'm really excited to continue today with the color green. So before I do that, if you have listened before, you know that I prefer to open this show by having everybody take the time, including myself, to set the space. So what I like to do is just close my eyes for a couple of seconds, take a couple of deep breaths, call in whatever I want to call in, set my intention and then we will get started. So I take a couple of deep breaths. If you want more time, just feel free to hit your pause button, and then I will see you on the other side. Okay, perfect. How are we all feeling? Because I'm feeling great, and like I said, super excited to dive into green. So If this is your first Aura Color episode, let me just kind of give a quick introduction here to kind of, you know, how it's structured. So every single color I've found in my practice has just like a central theme. And think of every single Aura Color as kind of like a soul or like an archetype family. So with every single color, there are seven different archetypes and each archetype is kind of like a different flavor, a different shade or a different dimension. You know, they all bring something different to the table to support this central theme. So with green, our central theme today is healing. It is healing, setting up healing spaces of love, compassion, um, nourishment. It's a very nurturing space, you know, that kind of feel. And what does it really mean to be our own healers? What does it really mean to show up for other people in creating that healing space? You know, that sort of thing. So then every single card contributes to this central theme of healing. And then they all play off of each other in different ways. You know, if we're going to kind of continue with the metaphor of family, you know, each card within the soul family has a different relationship, you know, with each card. So kind of think of it as in... um, I, for example, I have a very small immediate family. There's only four of us, you know, but I have a different relationship with my mother than my sister does, or my sister and I have a different relationship than she and my mom do. You know what I mean? So each, and there's just like a totally different dynamic. And then like my mom, my sister and I have a different dynamic than my dad and my sister and I. Yeah, I did that correctly. So It's all very fascinating to look at the relationships within with between the different cards and see how they kind of bring new dimensions and new, you know, information with respect to the central theme, which, again, today is healing. So 
we are going to start with the bridge and I, I love the bridge. And also before I get started, what's so interesting about, you know, which cards show up as which colors, it's not always what you expect, which I appreciate. So for example, like I said, green is all about healing. There is actually a card in this deck called the healer, which we will get to much, much later because that's in a color family that I intend to record. That's in like seven colors from now. Um, But yes, there is a card in the deck that is called the healer, but it doesn't necessarily show up as green. And I love that. At first I was like, hmm, I really wonder why the healer didn't show up as green. That kind of would have, that would have been a perfect match, right? What it does is it has kind of not, I was going to say forced me, forced me and inspired me to really push beyond the definition of what I think healing is, you know? So with yellow, the different cards, um, they helped me push beyond, you know, what do I think power is? What do I think confidence is? Orange, um, for example, orange is all about creativity. So yellow has the creator in it, in its little family, and the creator didn't show up as orange. And so the colors within the orange family helped me to push beyond into the unknown. What does co-creation creativity really mean? You know, so they all bring out different dimensions of the different colors with their very unique stories, which I have found so fascinating to talk about. But let's get back to green. Um, And this is kind of green and pink, um, depending on, you know, sometimes it shows a big green, sometimes they show up as pink, but they kind of both have the same message. So, okay, the bridge. So, The bridge is all about internal and external connections. And we can talk about external connections first, because I think that this has always been something that has been very, very important to me and very, very close to my heart. I believe that there is so much healing in connection, communication, understanding and acceptance. And those are the large themes of the bridge and the and. I guess the color green too, you know, the color green is not only about healing, but you know, what is also tied into healing, understanding, compassion, patience. Those are all things that can be, you know, achieved with the bridge and what the bridge does. It's an invitation to kind of think about it this way. Think about it. um, If I have my own perspective, you know, um, let's just say like, I've got my own perspective on what the aura colors mean to me. I've also, you know, seeing the work of so many brilliant healers that have different takes on, you know, what the colors mean, you know, what is it that they see, how it is that they even interpret the aura in general. What would be more healing would be to, you know, open up a conversation. And that's, again, the bridge is all about communication and communication. It's kind of my thing, you know? So Building those bridges, it's like it's like that classic saying, it kind it does sound super cheesy, but building bridges instead of building building walls. You know, building bridges and saying, you know, I see you, I see your understanding, I see your interpretation. Let's talk and see, you know, what we can further create together. Instead of saying, you know what, I've got my interpretation over here. I'm good. I have nothing to learn from you. I don't even need to, I don't need to even need to hear what you have to say about XYZ. You know, it's kind of, it's this energy of just being open to whatever else is out there. You know, if I was not open to it, like, for example, this whole series was actually inspired by 
like uh, healing that I received from a beautiful woman. She was absolutely amazing. You know, she inspired me to kind of channel my own understanding of the aura colors. And I just, I learned so much from her by opening up. So the bridge, it's the energy of connecting two worlds. You know, we all have our own worlds. We all have our own relationships with creation. And I, you know, I think we all know that that is so important now more than ever to be open to making those connections and to create those spaces of understanding through connection. I've all, again, that's always been so close to my heart. I've always been a big proponent of if we take the time to understand each other, so much healing occurs, you know? Um, for example, um, within my family. So it's like close to the holidays. Um, and you know what? Due to like the pandemic, a lot of us have been with our families so much more than we're used to. I've been with my family um, over the past year uh, within 2020, far more than I ever thought I would even be comfortable with. And what it really, really taught me, and the bridge is actually a key archetype in one of my family members aura, which is always interesting to me um, whenever... You know, whenever I see an archetype that is like personal to me, I'm like, oh, you know, let's learn more about this, you know, to bring more dimensions of understanding to that relationship. Um, anyway, let's go back a little bit. Um, family can be incredibly frustrating. And we're all kind of, like I said, with the holidays, if you're lucky enough, because there are some members of my family that I haven't been able to see in about a year you know, due to the pandemic, due so actually it can kind of go either way. I'm totally sorry for that. Um, I'm fortunate enough, honestly, to be able to be with a couple of members of my family because I also know what it's like um, to not be able to see parts of my other family that are just in a totally different country. Or even I've got members of my family that are in a totally different country or are also in a different part of this country that I can't see. You know, so if you are fortunate enough to be able to spend the holidays, you know, either quarantining with your family or you got a COVID test or something like that, um, and you were able to, you know, test negative and go visit them. Yep, got that right. Okay. <laughs> um, then that's wonderful. But nevertheless, COVID, no COVID, um, holidays, no holidays. Family can be frustrating. What my family has taught me this year in spending so much time with them is just how important it is to set up these spaces of understanding through listening. You know, so one of the ways in which we build bridges, one of the ways in which we connect is by that open flow of communication. And it's by just sitting there and listening, even when you're just like, I don't really want to listen to what you have to say, you know, X, Y, Z. They've taught me so much. They've just brought me to a new level of creating those connections and listening that has been incredibly healing for our relationships. You know, it's all like the bridge is about just being there, being present and kind of being open to what you might've been closed off to in the past. You know, it's kind of like when you say, yes, I'll listen to you instead of like, no, please go away. It, you're kind of led into just a new reality, a new dimension of understanding. And that's, you know, when healing and communication, that's when it's the most possible, you know, the bridge also carries this energy of just it's curiosity and it's learning. So maybe you've heard before about how healing it can be to approach those difficult or uncomfortable or unfamiliar situations from a state of curiosity and learning, you know, 
that's been really, really helpful to me, you know, especially in spending so much time with my family and in previous situations where, you know what, maybe I only saw them for like a couple of weeks total out of the year. I would just be like, I don't need to listen to you. Uh, And this is when I was like younger and like I wasn't, you know, or yeah, I was just like away or yeah, I spent like a total of like a couple of weeks of year, you know, with a family member. I'd be like, this isn't worth it. I don't see you that often, you know, goodbye. And what this year has taught me specifically, just because, you know, my situation, uh, I was quarantining with my family and it was just so difficult to leave you know, because the state of the world is, you know, very precarious. It's always changing. It's put me in a situation where it's like, oh, no, you can't leave. You know, literally, if you've heard that song stuck with you, uh, I think it's Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, beautiful song, literally stuck here. So I have to take the time to be like, you know what? It just totally shifted my perspective. Let me learn about you. Let me get curious about you. Let me you know, learn about your perspective. Let me learn about your world. Let me learn about your reality and then see what healing can take place, you know? So that's kind of the first example of the bridge is those external connections. And then it's also, you can also look at the internal connections as well, you know? So, and that's also definitely been an incredibly healing experience that I've had over the past year, especially since I was with my family, you know? So the bridge asks us to make those connections between, you know, either look at the ones that are so plain and so obvious, you know, that connect the seemingly disconnected parts of our life. So, you know, looking at like our histories and looking at, you know, our own personal philosophies, you know, what it is that we believe in and how do those tie into our relationships, you know, and relationships of all kinds, you know, romantic, familial, friendships, um, even ones that you have with like strangers, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It calls you to pay attention to those internal connections of how, you know, all of those interactions, all of those interpersonal relationships, everything about you, how do they all connect together? And since healing, healing is really connected to love, acceptance and understanding, you know, so on both ends, finding the love and acceptance for other people, that's the energy of the bridge. Finding the love and acceptance for yourself through understanding, you know, how all of those things connect. That's also the energy of the bridge, you know, and the energy of the bridge. It's also making those connections just in general, always from a place of love. Green is a very green and pink green and pink. It's like a very loving energy. You know, it has a actually this is also a good example. It does have like a kind of imagine like a mother's energy a little bit. You know, again, very nurturing, very compassionate, very empathetic. That's green. And again, you know, the mother is actually in the yellow family. So the seven cards that are here challenge us to think about, you know, how are there different ways in which we can create those spaces? You know, there are some unexpected cards in here that also help to create those spaces. So we can actually jump into one of those right now. So moving on from the bridge a little bit, the storm is actually a green card. And I say actually because when I was like, hmm, I don't know about that, you know, as I did with some of these cards, I was like, you know what, that actually does make some sense. So if you have ever heard of tarot cards or um, use tarot cards, or even if you don't, um, I'll get into this very quickly. The storm is kind of like the tower. 
you know, so I used to read tarot cards. I used to, you know, use tarot cards in my own healing practice. I don't use them too, too much anymore, but that's what it is. Um, the storm is a very chaotic, very, very disorderly energy. So the storm is the energy of, it takes away everything that you know, you know, rips the carpet under from under you. So pandemic, very, very simple example of the storm, you know, it turns, your world is absolutely turned upside down. Everything that like you knew, everything that you could count on, everything that was like completely solid, um, everything that you relied upon, that's just kind of stripped away from you. Um, and it's very, very, it's so interesting. Like I remember, I remember hearing somewhere, it was like something like the storm or the tower or something. It's kind of like the grand equalizer card, you know, all of these archetypes there for everybody. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, how old you are, your gender, um, you know, where you are in life, what you have, what you don't have, whatever. We all experience periods like the storm. And so that like that's why the pandemic is such a good example. I mean, we do all experience it in different ways. Let's be very, very clear about that. You know, some of us have we all have very different resources. We might all be, you know, in the same storm, but we all have very, very different tools. So let me just make that very clear. Um, but yeah, this, the storm is very chaotic, very, very disorderly, you know, and because of its very chaotic, very disruptive energy, not, I don't think many people would see this depending on your perspective, honestly, not many people would see the storm as like a healing card, because like I said earlier, you know, green is it's kind of it has like this motherly energy to it it has this compassionate it has this empathetic energy and it doesn't really seem like the story of the storm aligns with that but what I just received for that you know as I was even saying that was empathy is a key part of orange what am I saying orange green I'm so sorry Empathy is a huge part, huge, huge, huge part of green. Maybe even a little bit of orange because your orange is also connected to unity consciousness and you need empathy for that too. Um, maybe that was a little subliminal message there. Anyway, empathy is a huge, 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 huge part of green and pink, you know? And what the storm does, you know, again, it puts us... Whenever we experience the storm in our own lives, and you know what we all do, we all experience, you know, all of the archetypes in some way, shape, or form. It brings you, it just brings in a different dimension of empathy, you know, for you. And even if um, so for example, there are infinite manifestations of the storm. We all experience the storm in our own, you know, unique personal way. However, if um for instance, if I've experienced the storm's energy in my own way, and then I can, you know, see, you know, that that's what somebody's going through somewhere else. Maybe slight, maybe it's slightly different, but I'm like, you know what? That is the same energy. It does bring this layer of empathy in that, you know what? I don't know exactly what's happening. You know, um, let's say my form of disruption. Um, I don't know, I, my house, um, I lose my house or something like that. Um, and then somebody else, uh, they lose their job or something like that. You know what I mean? They're not exactly, they're not the same. I mean, they both are connected to loss, you know, which is the storm's energy. It's, you know, it's not always loss, but, um, it is, things are not the same. 
you know, as they were before. So there might be this little element or layer of grieving, you know, that needs to happen with the storm. Anyway, maybe I have no idea what it's like to lose my job, you know? Um, And that person's like, you know what? I have no idea what it's like to lose my house, but we can understand the energy of like, you know what? I thought like both of those things nurture us, you know, your house, your house keeps you safe. It keeps you warm. It's something you, it's a constant in your life. You come home to it. It provides for you. Same with a job, right? Um, it provides you income so that you can take care of yourself, you know? So in both ways, we have these very nurturing structures, these structures that provide nourishment and now they're gone. You know, that part of our lives or, you know, in this fictional example has been uprooted. And even though the third dimensional story it's not quite the same. What the storm does is it allows, it facilitates this opportunity for you to empathize. You know, I don't know what, you know, losing my job is, you know, like, but I can empathize with you because I just lost my house, you know? So I really like that for the storm in that, you know, if we can kind of be as present as possible, you know, when it is that we are experiencing the storm in our own lives, you know, then at a different time, when somebody else has experienced it, we can show up for them. So, ooh, really, really good example. Um, one of my friends, I mean, we've all experienced the storm in some sort of way, again, with um, the pandemic. You know, it's a the storm on a very collective level, which is very, very interesting to see. And then, you know, what's also interesting about that is, you know, we've all experienced the storm on a collective level. And then Also, there have been many storms just kind of, you know, whirling around in a personal way. One of my friends, you know, just for the sake of privacy, won't go too deep into it. She experienced a storm that I had actually experienced very, very similar or a very, very similar situation 10 years ago in my life. And they both had to do with relationships. And what was so interesting was it was eerily similar Honestly, like the only difference between her situation and mine was I experienced mine when I was like closer to a child and then she experienced hers in her adult life. So, I mean, the way that we handled the situations was a little bit different and the time frame in which we were able to heal from those situations was a little bit different because as a kid, you know, sometimes you just don't have these tools um, that you have as an adult. But when I say that the situations were basically the same they were literally the same. Okay. And it was like crazy because I was like, you know what, when I say, I promise, I really know what you're going through. I swear to you, I promise you, I really know what you're going through here, you know? So in that way, in the way that we can't all escape the storm and it can be incredibly uncomfortable, you know, it can be incredibly disheartening, discouraging, you know, and however it is that you would describe it, what it does do is it does provide this opportunity f- to show up for one another. It, oh, you know what? It provides us with two opportunities. It provides us to show up for ourselves first and be our own healers and really hold that space for ourselves first. And then we can do it for other people. You know, you know, I just read something so interesting the other day. Um, there is a card about grief, actually. It's not here, um, but it was talking about how so ill equipped we are to deal with grief in general. And I thought that was fascinating. So this woman, and since this is like a public story, um, I guess it's totally fine. She wrote this beautiful piece about how her husband suffered from a heart attack, 
And, you know, there were different people kind of react around her, reacted in different ways. And this was a huge storm in her life. You know, some people brought her food. Some people offered to watch her kids. She has two, uh, from what I've seen, gorgeous children. Um, yeah, watch her kids. Um, some people offered to like drop, yeah, drop off food, like maybe do some laundry, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then others would say things like, you know what, this, uh, her husband is alive, you know? So they were like, well, you know, at least he's not dead or, um, I don't know, it could have been so much worse. And so she wrote this incredible piece on how ill-equipped we are sometimes, you know, to hold space for one another when someone's grieving, you know, when she's, you know, there, you know, and in her piece, you know, very, very, very worried about her husband, you know, in this time, you know, someone has the nerve to say, oh, it could have been so much worse. And you know what? I get it because we think things like that make one another feel better. It's like, look on the bright side, you know, um, he might not be here. And so green, green is the color of healing space. And that's why, you know, the more and more I talk about the storm, the more important it is to really be present and tap into our past storm experiences and remember how we felt in those moments, you know, and there, by the way, there are different people that appreciate different things. So she also commented on how her family members would say things like, you know, God intended for this to happen. Um, and something along the lines of this is all in God's plan. Some people need that other people don't. And part of green, part of pink, part of the healer is recognizing when people do need that and when that's the last thing in the world that people need to hear, you know? So there is an element of presence with green just because, you know, again, the most brilliant healers I know, they are very, very present and they're always in tune to, you know, what messages they're receiving, you know, from their spirit allies, guides, you know, whatever unseen entities Ooh, and the unseen's also here too. Um, oh, I can't wait to talk about that card. Um, but they're incredibly present to the medicine that someone might need, you know, at any given time. And so what the storm and just in general, what this also teaches us is, you know, the same medicine that we might need might not be what other people need. And that's the amazing, and it might be, you know, it just, it really just depends but being present and being fluid and being that flexible and listening, going back to the bridge a little bit, listening to the spirit of someone and what they really, really need. That's a skill, you know, and that's why not all of us are healers, you know, you know, and they've honed that skill of really listening to exactly what the spirit needs in that moment, because it's not to say, you know, healing and holding those healing spaces. It's not about like coddling anybody it's not necessarily about telling people what they want to hear all the time. It's just telling them what they need to hear and what's going to be knowing what's going to be effective and, you know, knowing what's going to challenge them to grow, knowing, you know, what is going to bring more love into their lives. For some people hearing, you know what, this is, you know, how it goes. This is, you know, a part of God's plan. This is, you know, um, what God intended. That works for them. For other people, it does not. And whether or not you, and that's just like one specific example because that's what she wrote about in her piece and it just, it touched me um, so deeply. But for some people, that is what they need to hear. And then some people need something more grounded, you know? So she was like, the people that really showed up for me, I really, really appreciated it. 
they brought me the soup. You know, again, they offered to just watch my kids for an hour, you know, so I could really just be with myself, you know? Okay. So speaking of, yeah, you know, let's jump into the forest and then maybe the unseen. Yeah. Cause there's like a couple of ways that we can go with that. So the forest is a very exploratory energy and yeah, you know what? This is perfect. And the reason why I wanted to jump into this one next is because it does encourage you to, I mean, yeah, the forest, you know, in a very literal translation, it's a space of healing because it is nature, you know, but what do you get to do in the forest? Like, did you ever play in the forest as a kid? I certainly did. Um, it was always like, like I would play like these kind of imaginary games with my sister. We would, you know, or my cousins and we would just like have fun and we would explore the different dimensions of the forest and we would, you know, make up like, oh, I discovered this or look what I found. You know, it's that very fun, very playful, very exploitative energy. I hope that's a word. Um, the reason that's important within healing is that, you know, again, when I said, when I made that note about being present, there are so many different ways in which you can hold a healing space for yourself and others, but you kind of got to play around a little bit, you know, to know what's appropriate for when. So, I mean, there are times, you know, when that kind of higher power perspective can be incredibly helpful. It's incredibly helpful for me. You know, I've said on past episodes, I would say, I believe with yellow, yellow and red, I think I really talked about this you know, my belief in my, yeah, my belief in unconditional love, source, spirit, God, creation, that's very, very, very important to me. And that has actually grounded me in, you know, times where I have been in the middle of the storm or a mini storm or, you know, anything, anything like that. That has been really, really helpful to me. It's not helpful for any, everybody, And then some people do need a more grounded approach. You know, for some people when they aren't feeling well, they just want someone to be there and give them a hug, you know, or they would like someone to like cook for them or, you know, um, uh, you know, this could actually tie to the love languages a little bit, which I didn't even think about. I don't know if you know what those are. Uh, You probably do. Um, It's paying attention to how we give and receive love. And they're like five languages. So, you know, it's like, how do you feel loved? Do you feel loved through quality time? Do you feel loved through, you know, words of affirmation, um, gift giving, physical touch? Ooh, and there's one more that I'm totally blanking on. What did I say? Time, gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch. Yeah, there's definitely one I'm forgetting and it's not mine. So that's why I always like forget about it. Um, Whatever, you get the gist, okay? So for some people, you know, holding a healing space, my friend, um, my friend who was going through that, you know, the storm that I talked about earlier, the one that we shared a very, very similar experience in that time, she just wanted people to be there with her. And so very much like a time spent together kind of person, you know, and what the forest does is it calls you to just explore what does healing really, really mean to you? you know, and to kind of go beyond, go into the unknown, get lost a little bit, and then bring back, you know, what you know really, really works for you. And you need to be in tune with that. That's why I really, really love that piece because the woman that wrote it, she was really, really in tune with, you know what, that's not what I need to hear right now. And this is what I need, you know, so that, and that's a big part of showing up as your own healer, 
showing up as your own guide is knowing exactly what you need when you need it. But sometimes you just got to play around first. And also, you know, we've been talking about some kind of serious stuff with the um, the storm just a little bit heavier, you know, with like heart attacks and the pandemic and, you know, whatever. Um, but healing can be incredibly fun to explore too, you know? So it's a different side of ourselves, you know, exploring the healer within ourselves can be a very, very fun, liberating exploration if you allow it to be that, you know, this is also important too. There's no, there's no one way to heal. And I think we all know that by now. I used to think that there was, you know, I would be so fascinated and a little bit obsessed with finding like the correct, and I'm using some air quotes here, like the right way to heal. There is no right way. It's just what opens up your heart and what allows the most love into your life, you know? So the heart is actually one of these cards in here. You know, so really paying, oh, and then we can go into the unseen. So a large part of the way I understand healing has to do with what is opening the heart and what is bringing more love into your life. And that's just what you need to pay attention to. You know, um, a lot of people like the phrase, you know, what puts you in your heart center? It's all the same thing. So the forest and the heart go really, really well together because the forest calls you to begin that exploration of what really opens up my heart. And again, green, pink, very, very nurturing, empathetic, compassionate, patient energy. All of those are themes connected to the heart, you know? So whenever, it's kind of like whenever you are approaching, and this is like a key part in, you know, channeling green, channeling the healer's energy, whenever you are approaching anyone, including yourself, and that's really, really important too, you know, it's not just, it's, Uh, hopefully I'm like toggling between these two enough. It's not just about, you know, being a healer as like a profession or, you know, whatever. It's also, it's really about showing up for yourself, you know? So really, really paying attention to what opens up your heart the most, taking the time to explore it with the forest. And then, yeah, just paying attention to whatever it is that you need. That is very, very, very important. And So I guess we can kind of hop into the unseen a little bit because all of these tie together. Paying attention to, you know, and the, oh, wow. That kind of just wrapped everything up. I love, you know, when they kind of have like a certain flow to them. um, And I just kind of tapped into that. So the heart is, yeah, paying attention to what it is that you need and not necessarily what everybody else needs. So for instance, I'm the kind of person that, I need to experience something and just in order to know it for myself. I'm not the kind of person that can just read something in a book. And then, um, especially when it comes to healing, I'm not somebody that can just read a phrase in a book and then, you know, all is well. You know, I've never been the kind of person to like read a mantra or some sort of affirmation somewhere and then be like, okay, I'm good now. You know, so the forest in the heart, it's kind of like developing your own heart opening process. And again, you know, showing up as your own healer in that respect and not necessarily just taking anybody else's healing practices, you know, really being willing to, you know, invest the time in yourself to take that deep dive into, you know, your own unique healing process and your own unique way of opening up your heart, your own unique way of opening up more love into your life. And that goes really, really well with the unseen. So the unseen is a really, really special card to me. 
weirdly enough, you know, every single time I say that, usually it's because I've spent a lot of time with a card. The unseen doesn't show up too, too much for me. And that could 100% be because I'm just starting to open up to its magic more, you know? There was a point in my life where if I heard what I was saying now, I would be like, that is a bunch of mama jumbo. I have no idea what she's talking about. Who is this crazy person? You know? Um, And I've recently, I would say within the past year, really have I been opening up to the power of the unseen and, you know, allowed it to radically shift my life. So going back to the example of the woman that detailed the experience of her husband's heart attack, there was another passage in the journal entry, blog post, um, whatever you want to call it, that really, really stuck out to me. And she talked about how, you know, there were just some moments where she was very, very, you know, just, you know, understandably stressed out you know, while her husband was in the hospital. And so, oh, let me preface this by saying this woman um, does study core shamanism. So maybe that'll, you know, fill in some blanks here, you know, but she said that there were moments when she would just turn inward and, you know, connect with her spirit allies, you know, whether they were um, goddesses, ancient goddesses, or, you know, I guess she has a lot of spirit allies that come in the form of birds, you know, et cetera. And she was talking about how, you know, for the first time, because like I said, she practices core shamanism. um, And so there's a lot of, you know, asking divinatory questions or, you know, whenever she does like shamanic journeying for clients, you know, whenever if you've ever done it before, I'm usually going with some sort of intention or something like that. And she said, you know, this was a little bit different because she was just asking them to kind of just walk with her and to just be there for her and hold the space for her while she just unraveled in ways in which she couldn't with her human counterparts. And that passage just really stuck with me because I did not realize until then just how many times that different dimensions of the unseen just sat with me when I really, really needed it, you know? So the unseen is such a curious, mysterious card, you know, because it's, it's literally what it sounds like, you know? I mean, some people can see it, you know, they can see into different dimensions that other people can't see. Um, but that's the point. Not everybody can see it, which is, you know, very, very fascinating. You know, it could be anything, you know, the unseen could, the unseen as an archetype, um, can come in the form of spirits. It can come in form of ancestors. It can come in the form of even, you know, very, very mysterious visions or dreams, you know, or, you know, messages that you just hear, you know. It's something that is, seems unknown, intangible, maybe difficult to put into words, and quite frankly, to some people, just straight up impossible, you know. That's the energy of the unseen. And I, for the longest time, did not, I had no relationship with this archetype whatsoever. And like I said, I've just been, I would say I'm on like the cusp of really just opening up to the unseen's power in my own life, you know? So 
while I've been talking about green so far with the bridge, you know, green in terms of, you know, being open, listening to different connections or not listening. So you can make those different connections, you know, possibly within yourself or your interpersonal relationships. That's more of like a grounded practice or, you know, the force exploring different kinds of healing. That's also a little bit more grounded. The storm being present with your external circumstances you know, so that you can be a more empathetic, you know, healer and space holder. Those are a little bit more tangible. Now we're kind of moving into the realm of the heart and the unseen. You know, the heart is one of those place cards that's not a physical place. So the storm, the eye of the storm, that's a place. Um, The forest, also a place. The heart, it kind of, now we're kind of moving in a direction where if you're not someone that's like, oh, you know, I know what it means to go in my heart center. You got to use like your imagination a little bit to understand that from an imaginal perspective, the heart is a place, you know. So now we're kind of moving into the more intangible side of green, you know. And so what the unseen does as a part of this green family is it acts, it asks you to open up your definition of healing into those extra dimensional spaces, you know, outside of what you might be comfortable with. And the spirit world, it's like, it's infinitely vast. And what I've always found so fascinating about it is everybody kind of interprets it in their own way. And even last night, which, I mean, by the time I publish it and kind of look over it, It will have been published for a while by the time this episode gets published. So they're not exactly in alignment. But last night, um, as in, yeah, the night before I've like, I'm like recording this episode now, I was just sitting with, you know what? I've heard so many different interpretations of the spirit world. What does it really mean to me? You know? And I think that's such an important question to ask. You know, what is, how does the unseen really show up for me in the most natural way? You know, and that goes back to the heart a little bit and maybe a little bit of the force as well. It's paying attention to the most natural ways in which your heart opens, you know, because again, going also, you know, rolling back, you know, to those times of the storm, you need to know, you know, how it is that you most naturally open up your heart. So that way, when the storm does come or when the storm comes for other people, you can just like, you know, it's natural, it's immediate. You have that connection, you know, and again, the bridge building connections. So now we can bring in the bridge in a less tangible way, you know, to say that it is like it is equally important to, I would say, build connections between, you know, physical, you know, people and, you know, what you can see and also to build bridges between the you and the unseen, because all that does is bring in different dimensions and different opportunities for healing. You know, that can only expand your possibilities for healing. So going back to, you know, what I was saying earlier about, you know, all of the magnificent healers I know, their bridges are wide open. You know, they are willing to go into whatever world, you know, that they need to go into, you know, to bring back whatever information they need to. They are just, they are not afraid of the unseen. You know, the unseen is a, it's an integral part of their healing practice, you know? So that's very, very incredibly important, especially when it comes to, so with the forest and the unseen too, bringing back new ways of healing. You know, we don't, 
and like I said, you know, we all have different ways of opening up our hearts. And I think it's time that we take the time to really, really explore our own unique way of doing that instead of just like copying other people. You know, the way in which they heal themselves, that's what they needed, you know, at that specific time. And that was like a perfect fit for them. You know, I have found that, I mean, there have been like so many different kind of mystical healing practices, languages that I've tried out that were never a perfect fit for me. I only began to find ones that really fit me when I just stopped looking around at literally what everybody else was doing and kind of started figuring it out for myself. And that is also a little bit of the forest energy. You know, the forest is the story of, you know, entering the forest, just kind of on your own, you know, playing around, seeing what you find, you know, maybe getting lost a couple of times. Maybe you need to double back and, you know, retrace your steps and then head in a new direction. But it's important to take that exploration and that journey kind of on your own, you know, without like a compass or without like a person to guide you. And a part of the forest does involve the unseen. Like, okay, maybe you do, you know, make some new, I don't know, little forest friends, you know, within the context of um, this metaphor here. Maybe you do make some new unseen allies that you wouldn't have if you were always relying on what you knew, you know? So there is this element of, you know, leaning into and exploring the unseen, how incredibly impactful that can be when it comes to your own personal healing. Because let me tell you, you know, there are, I feel like there are so many of oh, this actually personal example. This is perfect. Um, like I said earlier, the spirit world is infinitely large and everybody has their own kind of way of building that bridge and connecting to it. So some people really feel connected to their own spirit guides. They call them guides. Um, some people like the woman I mentioned earlier, she feels really connected to her spirit allies and they come in the form of like nature allies. So animals, plants, elementals, um, you know, within the nature family. Some people feel really, really connected to their ancestors. And that's actually what we are going to get to next um, because the medallion is in here. And that's all about like ancestral healing um, and what that can do for you as well. And that actually, that really does echo the message of the bridge. Um, some people, um, what is it? Yeah, like nature spirits. Um, some people, you know, communicate with their ancestors. Some people communicate. They feel really, really comfortable with their angels, you know, or um, some people feel very, very connected to other extra dimensional beings, such as like aliens and extraterrestrials. There are so many. OK, I can't even list them all. You know, those are just the ones I've got off the top of my head, you know, and the unseen, by the way, um, it's not it's not just like spirits. It's also um, like the chakra system or the aura, you know, you get the idea. For me, it was connecting to my spirit children, you know? And so for a while, I didn't realize, and this is why I say that, you know, green is also associated with nature. So there is this element of, again, paying attention to whatever is the most natural to you. I always kind of looked for, you know, in terms of just trying to find my way and trying to find my bridge into the spirit world, I looked for it like everywhere else and didn't pay attention. I looked for it outside of myself and didn't pay attention to what felt the most natural to me, you know? So I was like, hmm, okay, let me connect to my ancestors. Let me build this altar or, 
you know, let me connect to this animal or let me connect to this plant or, okay, the aliens sound kind of cool. Oh, but what about those angels over there? Look, okay, there are so many different ways in which you can connect to the unseen. Your head will spin if you try to connect to them all in a way that's not, you, you know, authentic and genuine to you. You know, for some people, they connect to all of them. You know, they're just like an open space and it's it's so cool. And, you know, maybe one day that will be for me. You know, who knows? But that's, again, that's the element of presence and paying attention to what does really work for you in the moment. You know, for me, just connecting to my spirit children, spirit babies, you know, whatever you want to call them, that has been so impactful. And also connecting to some of my spirit allies, my animal allies, you know, in particular, and a plant ally that has been really, really helpful to me. You know, I did have this a little bit of the forest energy. The forest is also, it brings this like childlike exploration energy to it. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know everything about the spirit world all the time. And I was so fascinated by it. But echoing the message of the heart a little bit, all you need to do is open your heart, you know, and when just like if you think about it for a second, there are infinite ways in which you can do that. But we all kind of have a key almost, you know. We all have like a specific story or, you know, within the realm of the unseen that opens up our heart. You only need one key. You don't need a thousand keys. You don't, you don't even need like two. You know, you need one. You need the one that kind of fits you the best, you know. So for you, if like a multidimensional, you know, comprehensive understanding of the spirit world, that is your key. That's all you need. If you're just like, you know what, ancestral healing is my thing. That's cool, too. And that's what the medallion is, you know. So the bridge maybe going a little bit, you know, hovering between the tangible and intangible. The medallion does bring this specific dimension of the unseen, which is paying attention to your ancestors, you know, and I there's so many and I've been playing around a lot with, you know, ancestral healing and, you know, the concept of this universal family in general. So at this time. My definition of ancestral healing is a little bit different, very different uh, than, you know, all of the classic definitions out there. So let me just like put that out there. So the way that I interpret the medallion in general is different. Um, But this can go either way. You know, the medallion just highlights that, you know, paying attention to those who came before you and um, paying attention to those who came before you and kind of healing in that way also sets up the healing space for those who might come after you, you know, if you choose to start a family or if you choose to have children, you know, that sort of thing. I once heard that, um, you know, when you heal something within yourself, you heal like seven generations forward and seven generations back. I don't know if that's true. I don't even know where those numbers came from, but I thought the concept was cool, you know, that, that what you do, the healing that you do in the present, you know, can be an act of ancestral healing and, can heal future generations. And so if anything, you know, depending on how you interpret ancestral healing, again, I'm working on it or, you know, receiving so many downloads about a definition that involves all of us as a cosmic family. In this context, you know, within the context of green, what the medallion really asks you to do is just, you know, ponder for a moment how the healing you do impacts everybody else around you. Okay, so it's a little bit of 
you know, again, yeah, how does it impact, you know, all of the seen and unseen realms? That's the energy of the medallion within this soul family. No matter what it is that you think about ancestral healing, whether it's like, oh, we're all one cosmic family, we all have the same ancestor, you know, what does that look like? Or, you know, from a very, very grounded perspective, you know, healing, you know, past generations, you know, your grandparents, their grandparents, and then healing, you know, the future generations, you know, if you so choose, you know, what impact does that have? All the medallion is asking you is to understand that with your own present healing, you are healing so many other entities seen and unseen, you know, and your perspective of that, that depends on, um, you know, what you, how you define family. But I, I think that's a very, very interesting touch in general. And then we have the last card, which is the mystic. So the mystic is also a very, it's a little bit different than the other cards in this family. And it, you know what? The mystic actually goes pretty well with the storm. So do you remember when I said that the story of the storm, it doesn't necessarily seem like it's the most like, ooh, like nurturing, like empathetic, you know, compassionate, like loving, nourishing space. Well, what it does do, what it, <laughs> what it does is it turns you into the kind of person that can hold that space, you know? So it does bring a little bit of a darker energy to the green family. And so does the mystic. So the mystic is not afraid to face the darkness, you know? And the way that I have interpreted the mystic in the past is, and this is like very, very important. For me, there's love everywhere. So while the mystic and the storm kind of seemingly bring this darker energy to the green and pink healing family, darkness, there is love everywhere. And even darkness is made of love. The way that I interpret, I guess, what you would call darkness is, Darkness is just the places in which love has not been revealed yet. So if we're going to talk about like light and shadow for a second, the light is where, you know, love is present in everything. The light just means that the light, the love has been revealed there. The darkness just means that the love needs to be revealed, you know, in order to transform it into the light, you know, so there is no good or bad. There is no right or wrong. It's simply a question of has the love been revealed here yet? And this, the mystic is arguably one of the, maybe it's just because of, you know, everything that's happening right now, but it is arguably one of the most important cards in this family because I've just, when I was exploring, again, when I first started exploring, you know, going back a little bit to the forest, you know, there's so many people that are like, you know, love and light, love and light. And it's so harmful. And I have an entire page on this, you know, on my website. If you want to take a look, it's under the FAQ section. It's all about language, you know, and how it can empower us and disempower us and how, you know, phrases such as love and light can actually be quite disempowering. Um, but that's like, oh, that's a whole separate discussion. Believe me. The mystic is not afraid to face the darkness because it knows that there is, it is love. It's just love needing to be revealed, you know? And so, again, love revealed is the light, you know? And so the darkness is actually a very unique opportunity to reveal love where nobody has revealed love before, you know? So it does bring this, and it can be like a fun exploratory energy, kind of like the forest, where it's like you're going into the unknown. You're going into the unknown. 
to bring different dimensions and understandings of love back, you know? So again, with the storm. So, you know, um, 10 years ago, when I experienced uh, quite an interesting storm, I didn't know back then where there was so much darkness and I had to find my way of, you know, finding the love within the darkness. I didn't know that there would be so much love left there later and how I could use that love, you know, to provide a healing space for my friend that went through such a, like such a similar experience 10 years later in her own life. We're the same age, you know? So that's why that works. Um, That's a good example. And so that's also a good example of just how all there are so many there's so many dimensions of love weaved into every experience and you don't you're not always aware of what they are in any given moment. They kind of surprise you. You know, so I could not have predicted 10 years ago, hmm, this is really really important. Yeah, it was really really important for a number of reasons, let me tell you. Um, But the one that I didn't know and I could not have possibly predicted was, you know what, you're going to need this experience to be a truly empathetic, compassionate and patient person 10 years down the road when a very close friend of yours that you actually don't know yet is going through the exact same thing. You just don't know that you don't even know, like sometimes how that works, you know, and so that's why it's like it's very, very important, especially with the mystic and the storm not to be afraid of when there is darkness because you, number one, again, just you need to know that there's like, there's love within everything, you know? And so the mystic is, again, it's the archetype of just not being afraid to take that deep dive, not being afraid to kind of go in. It is the unknown, you know? Imagine you're actually just like wandering in the dark. Like imagine you are in the forest and it's dark in there. You know, the forest is completely unknown to you. You might just smack your forehead, you know, into a branch of a tree or go the wrong way or trip over a rock, you know, because it's not familiar territory. You know, while the animals, you know, they know how to move, they know how to see in the dark. And that's very scary. And that's very daunting for some people, you know, during the summer when I've had plenty of summers here, you know, in my hometown where, you know, I'd be hanging out with my friends, you know, it gets kind of late. And then I'm just like, I'm going to walk home. And then I find myself, it gets very dark very quickly. Once the sun sets, I'm like wandering around in the forest in the dark. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot of animals in here. And I don't actually, I mean, I know this like place pretty well, but you know what? I don't know what at night, you know, and it's a little bit terrifying, you know, when you hear the animals and you're like, ooh, they can see me, but I can't see them, you know, a little bit uncomfortable. Um, But all of that is to say that, you know, the darkness is unknown, you know, and it can be uncomfortable. But in order to really stretch our capacity to heal, we can't be afraid to look at the dark, you know, and to reveal the love that is inherently and naturally weaved into the darkness. It's kind of the same energy as the unseen a little bit. You know, the unseen expands our capacity to love and to understand and to build connections with the bridge into the unknown, you know? So, and so does the medallion a little bit too, depending on how you define ancestral healing, you know? It expands your ability to heal and also just, I mean, that one really, really expands, you know, the results of your healing into just so many unknown ways. Like you don't know, you know, depending on, you know, how much, you know, I don't know much about like 
traditional ancestral healing. But let's just say, yeah, your healing in the present does impact those, you know, your ancestors and those in the future. You don't know the complete impact of that, you know? So there's a lot of unknown dimensions when it comes to healing. And that's the fun kind of creative part to healing if you're open to it. So, I mean, there's some really, really grounded parts. You know, there's the bridge, those interpersonal connections, those internal connections, understanding, listening. Then there's the storm, you know, understanding that we all go through, you know, very, very difficult times in our life. And that is, you know, cultivating and facilitating, you know, a deeper connection within the self and allows you to show up as a healer for other people. And then there's exploring, you know, different, you know, forms of healing, which is just opening up the heart. You know, there are all of those very physical dimensions. But once you enter the realm of like the mystic and the unseen and the medallion, those really challenge you to expand your healing practice into the unknown. So there's kind of two halves to this, you know, there's seven cards, but oh, you know what? I would say, I mean, they all kind of have seen and unseen dimensions to them. Um, but the heart is kind of the bridge in the middle a little bit, you know? And again, it's kind of, I've found that, and there's so many, like I said, there's so many different ways to connect to the unseen. My healing practice would not be complete, you know, without the unseen. And it just grows and grows and grows every day. And here's why. So like I said before, you know, the unseen, it's not for everybody, Um, these interpretations are certainly not for everybody, but the more you kind of, it's kind of like what I was talking about before with the storm and empathy, the more you are willing to tap into the unseen, the more you are willing to explore, you know, different ways of healing, the more you can understand how different ways of healing can be really, really impactful for somebody else. So like I said before, I don't have a comprehensive understanding of, ancestral healing in general, or I don't have a comprehensive understanding of, you know, like shamanism or, um, you know, those kind of nature allies or anything like that, you know, but what I can understand or even begin to understand, you know, through my own understanding of the unseen is how impactful those unseen dimensions and how healing those unseen dimensions and experiencing those unseen extra dimensional beings can be for someone, you know? So there is this layer of empathy with, you know, you don't have to believe in everything. You don't need to believe in, you know, all forms of the unseen. You don't have to believe in, you know, every single spirit that might be in the spirit world. Some of those might make no sense to you, but connecting to the unseen, what it can do is you know, in the same way that, you know, your storm isn't the same way, same as my storm, like losing a house isn't the same as losing a job. For me, connecting to my spirit children is a different story than somebody connecting to their ancestors, connecting to their spirit guides, angels, you know, and, you know, literally whatever else is out there. But I can understand just how impactful that can be. So remember the story about the woman who wrote about her heart or her husband having a heart attack And she mentioned how she just went inward and connected to her, you know, nature, spirit allies. I don't know too, too much about all of the different forms of, you know, spirit allies, the birds. I don't know anything about like gods, goddesses and the ancient goddesses she was connecting to. I do know how, though, 
how, you know, there are the unseen has held space for me in my life. You know, so even though I'm like, I don't really know what that looks like for you. And that's also it's such a personal thing. The way in which we open our hearts, it's so personal. I can appreciate just how much that could have opened her heart in that moment, just because I've also opened up to the unseen in my own way, you know? So that I really, I was really, really happy when I was like, oh, the unseen shows up as green. Because again, that just, it not only opens up the possibilities in terms of, you know, what healing means to you, because trust me, it's, Everything that I've learned, you know, from my spirit children in general has really, really opened up my entire world and just blasted it open in terms of, you know, what healing can be, you know, from them. That's where my, you know, not so traditional understanding of um, ancestral healing comes from, you know, just being open, you know, with them, learning more about them and being open to, you know, those so many ways in which they've shown up for me. And the ways in which, you know, they've held space for me and opening up to that more and more every single day. That's also it's done a couple of things. You know, again, it's brought so much, you know, more healing into my life. And then it's also helped me to understand what I couldn't understand before was how can people have such deep connections with something that they just can't see? How is that even possible? I don't understand it. And I didn't. For a long time until I opened up to it. So it does bring this new layer of empathy and understanding, which I think is important because there are so many people in this world where the unseen has been incredibly healing to them. And I talked about like spirits in the spirit world. This goes for God, source, creation, spirit in general, you know, pretty sure. I mean, I live in the States. It's like a pretty religious country over here. Um, Plenty of people believe in God, plenty of people believe in a higher power, and then plenty of people don't, you know? And so balancing the unseen with the seen is incredibly important in any healing practice if you want to be able to hold space for anybody. And that uh, that goes really, really well um, into the example earlier um, where I was talking about how ill-equipped we are to deal with grief in general and knowing, you know, what somebody might need in any moment and what somebody probably literally just doesn't need in any moment is very important. Balancing the seen and unseen worlds really allows you to show up for anybody, you know, even if you don't believe in it, you know? So for some people who just are just, they're like, they're atheists. They just don't believe in any sort of higher power. Um, You know, being able to hold space for them is just as important, you know, as holding space for somebody who's just, you know, 100% like Catholic, you know? Again, those healers that I feel like I've been raving about, you know, during this entire episode, they can hold space for both, you know? And that's, and I was writing last night and I realized just how important that is, you know, especially in this time, this time in terms of building connections, you know, the bridge, you know, that the bridge is also a connect, it's like a connecting tool between different worlds. So between the seen and unseen realms, right? You know, and then that can also be translated into, you know, building a connection to with people that either do or don't that have a connection with the unseen. And then the people that are just like, you know what, that's not for me, you know, but what it says, you know, the larger message here within green is, you know, what the unseen might not be for you, 
but taking the time to possibly try and open up to it and maybe understand, you know, how the unseen might take a role in your own life, whether it's the spirit world or God or the universe, it doesn't have to be any of those things. It could be like, um, it could be like emotions. Honestly, I was just, you know, thinking about that, you know, our emotions, you know, our internal landscapes, our spirits, our souls, those are unseen people as well, you know? So again, developing a relationship with the unseen, it doesn't have to look like all like woo woo and like, I don't know, like kind of crazy or however you would describe it. It can literally be anything that's like that you know about yourself that is completely unknowable to anybody else, you know, that too. So, but just having that relationship in general and being like, wow, this is something that is so personal and intimate to me. Nobody else can see it, but it's something that has profoundly impacted my life. That's the unseen too. You know, there's so many different forms and holding and building the connection between the seen and unseen allows you to hold space for people in all moments where they really, really need you to show up, you know, and be a healer for them and also just show up and, you know, guide them to be a healer for themselves. So there's a lot of energy of building connections. There's a lot of energy of communication, compassion, empathy, patience, you know, and, you know, making different relationships with the seen and unseen worlds just so that we can be that much more empathetic. There are all kinds of people out there. You know, there are all kinds of people out there that need different forms of healing at different times. So the more you can understand the seen and unseen within your own world, the more you can hold space for not only other people as they come in and out of your life, but different versions of yourself. You know, again, there was a time when the unseen to me kind of showed up as my own internal emotional landscape. And that's where I was. And that was something that was completely unknowable to anybody else. That's still the unseen. Now it's shifted, but what that did allow me to do was hold space for the seen and unseen and anybody else when they needed it the most. So, you know, kind of going too, too deep into it because it's an introduction episode. That's it for today. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good place to stop. So we're going to go out the same way that we came in and then we can wrap up. So What I like to do at the end of every episode is say thank you. I like to say thank you for all the guides and all of the unseen forces, you know, that guided us in our exploration today. And also just thank you to yourself for reflecting upon your intention. That's all good, too. I take a couple of deep breaths. If you want to pause, feel free. And then we will close out. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for listening to these messages on the color green. Um, I'm really excited to see, you know, where we can go, you know, from this. All of these elements of healing are really, really important, you know, from communication with the bridge, you know, to empathy with the storm, exploring different ways to open up the heart with the forest and the heart, to, you know, bring in the unseen realms for a new level of empathy, you know, with the unseen to considering, you know, how it is that our healing impacts everybody else with the medallion and ancestral healing. And then also not being afraid to face the darkness and the unknown with the mystic. The mystic is a huge energy. I feel like I kind of brushed over that one a little bit, but remember, 
all you need to remember with the mystic, because there's so many opportunities to learn about the mystic is you can channel the mystic by understanding that there is love everywhere. The darkness is just love that has yet to be revealed. The darkness is just love that is unknown to us. And the light is just love that is known and familiar, you know, but there is love everywhere within everything. And that's part of, you know, green and pink is understanding that love is weaved into every experience, you know, just depends on your perspective. So thank you so much for, you know, listening. Um, If you could rate, review, subscribe, that is, you know, very, very helpful just in terms of podcasting in general. Otherwise, I look forward to recording the next color and I will talk to you soon.